Support comes from Troy University's Trojan Cafe, offering a variety of Starbucks beverages and an assortment of sandwiches, soups, and pastries, located on Troy University's Montgomery campus, across from the Rosa Parks Library and Museum. From Troy Public Radio, this is In Focus, and I'm Carolyn Hutchison. Tim Emmons' voice is familiar to the 8,000 patrons of the Alabama Public Library Services Regional Library for the Blind and Physically Disabled. In the 90s, he was a student at the University of Alabama and played trumpet in the Million Dollar Marching Band. However, football fans probably didn't realize that Tim was blind. He joins us at the library and tells us how he did it. Tim Emmons, welcome back to Troy Public Radio. Thank you. Glad to be here. What do you do again for the listeners who missed your first interview? I am a reader advisor and senior librarian for the Alabama Public Library Service and the Blind and Physically Disabled Department down here, part of our regional library for the blind. And I have been here for 17, going on 18 years. What do you do as a reader advisor? I help people find books that they like to read, that they maybe might like to read, and may like to read but don't realize they'd like to read until they get their hands on it, their ears on it, depending on how they decide to read. People will call me, and I always like to tell people that I'm your personal Pandora. I will pick and select books for you based on what you like, suggestions on things that you may like without having to run it through a computer. We have a small handful of people that use Braille as patrons compared to audio, but we do have those Braille readers that do receive Braille every so often. I think you told us during our last visit that you have some 8,000 patrons statewide here. Let's delve into your own personal story, because there's a, a legendary story about you. Go back to when you were young. You want that legendary story. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so when I was young, I've been a patron with this library for quite a while. I grew up first in Pensacola because my parents wanted to send me to public school. There was a new program called Mainstreaming that they had started in the Pensacola area. In 1972, 1973, thereabouts, someone had told my mom, and my mom said, well, that would be great because she didn't want to send me to the school for the blind. She wanted to keep me at home and raise me as a normal kid in a normal school, if, if, if at all possible. And so we moved to Pensacola to take part in this program, and I was part of the library growing up there, but then I moved to Bruton, Alabama when I was in eighth grade. I was in high school at Flomerton, Alabama. And as I became a patron at the library, I found out that I could order my own Braille books and audio books. And I have been an avid reader for as long as I can remember. And so when I was given the opportunity, hey, you can call this number and order your books. You have this library at your disposal. I was a kid in a candy store. So I would call the library and I would order my books. And eventually, I always thought these people just knew me. I would always say, hey, this is me, Tim. I want to order a book. And so over time, I became known as Me Tim. So Me Tim was the legend that began. That carried all the way through high school. I never lived it down in college. I went to Alabama in college, and every time I'd call and order books for class, 
okay, me, Tim, what do you want this time? So I would order books. When it came full circle and I took the job in November of 2005, I was introduced to everybody, including all of the patrons. There might have been a newsletter piece. I was introduced as, well, me, Tim, got the job. He's now the new reader advisor. So, <laughs> and now I'm senior librarian almost 18 years later. So, <laughs> Along the way, you majored in, what was it, telecommunications? Yes, ma'am. I started out in telecommunication and, and film with a minor in theater. And I did some radio work for the University of Alabama. I was part of their student radio station, focused on production and, and really thought that, you know, that was going to be my spot. Little did I know there were other plans I wasn't aware of that just kind of fell into place that libraries would be where I would end up. Your first love. Yes. But also you're a musician. You were in the Million Dollar Marching Band at the University of Alabama. How did you do that? It was an adventure. It was very, very fun. From 1992 to 97, I was in the marching band. I played trumpet. I played all of my music by ear. I have perfect pitch. So if, if you give me a note, I could always tell you what note that was. And I could follow along with the music that way. When marching, I would use a wooden dowel that you could purchase at pretty much any hardware store. It would be measured to about the same step length that you would stand in marching. And I would hold on with one hand. Sometimes I would have somebody else in another section or in my trumpet section that would guide me. But other times I would have a dedicated guide that would hold the other end of the stick. And I would hold with one hand and I'd play my horn with the other hand. And I'm holding my right hand up like everybody can see me. And would memorize the music and memorize the drills and memorize the steps. We performed up to three, four, five shows a year, depending on what we were doing. By the time I was a senior, I was out there for practically every one of them. And I somehow had all of the drills and everything memorized for each show because I based everything on the music cues. People who have vision impairment, some of them use canes, some of them use guide dogs, some of them use echolocation. Tell me about those. Echolocation is one that I've always found interesting. I've used it sometimes when I'm doing things around the house, around the yard, around certain areas where you, you tap something or you click or you make noise that reflects sound. Some people are actually more proficient at it than I am. I can't ride a bicycle that way. I always had to follow somebody if I rode a bicycle. <laughs> there are people that can do that. I personally use a guide dog, a guide dog and a cane, I should say. I went and got my very first guide dog in 2016 and have had him ever since. I started out using a cane, learned mobility on how to get around and by using my hearing and asking questions about how to find different places, that type of thing. You learn not to be very shy when you're blind or visually impaired. I learned to be very vocal about asking for direction when need be. Tell me about your guide dog. He is a Yellow Lab Golden Retriever mix. He's from Morristown, New Jersey, from a school called The Seeing Eye, and they are one of the top guide dog schools in the country. I trained with him for three and a half weeks and learned how to work with him and be with him, and he goes with me everywhere. They taught us how to do everything from street crossings to anything that you would have a dog in a situation. We came home, and he comes to work with me every day. When he's at work, he's in a harness. He has a harness that goes around his body. There's a handle that I hold on to that comes up the center of his back that he guides me with. And when he gets home and I take all of that off, he is full-blooded dog. He will get all over you if you let him. 
wants nothing but attention and still thinks he's a puppy most days. Tim, briefly tell us about guide dog law and blind etiquette with a guide dog. Uh, guide dog law, when you have a guide dog in public, the best rule of thumb is they're essentially invisible. Even though you see them, you're not supposed to notice them because they're there to be that blind person's eyes. They're there for one purpose only, and that's to guide the blind person. So if you ever see someone with a guide dog, don't just reach out and pet him. Tim, as I understand it, a guide dog can go anywhere. Yes, ma'am. I heard or read that at 9-11, there was a blind gentleman who let everybody out of one of the towers that got hit. That is true. And his dog led him out, and he in turn helped lead everybody else out of that building. I've had a chance to meet that gentleman a good while back. He has an amazing story. The book is called Thunder Dog. If you ever have a chance to read it, it's a great story. I want to thank you for being our guest today. You're so welcome. Glad to be able to do it. That was Tim Emmons, reader, advisor, and senior librarian at the Regional Library for the Blind and Physically Disabled at the Alabama Public Library Service in Montgomery. More information about the library can be found at the toll-free number 1-800-392-5671. Again, 1-800-392-5671. Five six seven one. Thanks for joining us today for In Focus, which is a podcast wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Carolyn Hutchison, and this is listener-supported Troy Public Radio.